Have you heard of Anchor? It's free and it's so easy. If I can figure it out, pretty much anyone can. Create your own podcast from your phone or any device and they will distribute it across Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms on your behalf without you having to do a thing. You can also make money without any minimum listenership or any required audience. Anchor is super easy to use, and all you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Start your own podcast today. You're listening to Your Highness Podcast with Diana Crash, founder of Good Vibes Marketing. Good Vibes Marketing provides organic content and marketing solutions to the cannabis space. And this is Leah, co-founder of BakeSmart. Our can of cows are the first edible safety designs for cannabis-infused foods. Anyone from your child to your grandmother will understand when a food is medicated as long as it's marked with our edible green crosses. All right, you can start. (laughs) Hey, Diana, how's it going today? I'm excited to be here with you. I miss you. Don't lie. <laughs> I so not lying. I wish we. I wanted to be living by you because I love it. I love it when we connect on these shows. I don't know if anybody else does. Baby, don't even lie. I, well, <laughs> I know. And I and I heard that baby G's not in the house today, and wow. I'm really kind of bummed about that because I love hearing his little gurgles. I just want to seriously like fly over there, grab that little kid and just smell him. Just smell him to death. <laughs> like a big old bloodhound. Oh my God, I love the way babies smell. So anyway, let's <laughs> let's start with our favorite things. All right. What do you got? What do you um, got on the docket? So my favorite thing is called Mary's List. And it's a newsletter that you can subscribe to. And it's, it's fairly new, but um, it lists opportunities for professionals who are looking to be hired. It lists jobs. Um, it has pretty. It's just a, a really great way to connect people who are looking for maybe employment opportunities, maybe um, creative ideas or connections. Um, oh, cool! You'll, yeah, you'll be surprised at what you can find on this. It's it's very very cool, and hopefully we'll have the founder on soon. Um, oh, nice episode! Yeah, because. Uh, yeah, I figure we have we have someone in common, a connection in common. So hopefully, um, but you can check them out. Um, Are they nationwide? It's a, it's a newsletter, so it, they so you can subscribe to it. And I yeah, I guess. but I mean the jobs that they're posting are oh, they? Like- um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, it, it seems to be the case. It says it's a professional service marketplace for the cannabis community. So freelancers, women in cannabis, anybody who's pretty much looking for I, any kind of connection, I think should be uh, subscribed to this because um, I found something useful to pass on at the very least. Um, and also for really? my own. Yeah. So um, they're on Twitter at Mary's list underscore co. So it's Mary's list underscore co. And their website is Mary's list dot co. Um, so de- yeah, definitely subscribe to that. Check them out because I really like it. And and they've been listed in a few things in the media recently. So I know I'm, How nice. I'm not in the minority here with the 
fan club. <laughs> no, I saw that they won some kind of um, pitch contest or something that they got some money. And yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. I was reading about that. So that's very cool. Well, mine is Tokativity Connect. And I know we talk about Tokativity all the time here, <laughs> but Tokativity Connect is their membership um, service. And so I'm a business member. And the things you get with their membership are really probably one of the most full membership um, programs I've ever come across. Mm-hmm. So they have three different membership levels. You could do basic grassroots and business. So business is only $99 per Mm -hmm. month and you actually get so much. Um, you get free like webinars, audios that they record. Uh, you get free tickets to their events and now they're having events all over. I think that they're in Denver, they're in LA, they're in South Africa. So if you're in any of those areas, you can um, sign up and get free tickets to their events. Plus, you get 30% off event sponsorship and collaboration opportunities, which mm-hmm. is really great. You get attendee list access, like a Facebook who was there, which is really kind of cool too. And um, job board listings. So, you know, if you're looking for a job or you want to post a job um, listing, they have that. Also, another really great thing is um, their Google SEO is really great. So people can find you almost immediately um, your business through their, their SEO. So that's really cool. But if you don't want to do a business one, you could do grassroots, which is only $24 a month. And then you also with that get unlimited access to their live and recorded online classes and panels. And you also get two free event passes. So they're giving you a lot that they give for the mm-hmm. business members. You get uh, 20% off additional passes. You also get the attendee list access like Facebook's mm-hmm. who's who. Uh, and then for just the basic, which is free, you get 10% off sponsorship um, opportunities. You uh, can get member only perks and discounts, which I don't know what that is. You get access to the job board and forums though, and a business directory. So you can look up businesses. So it's just kind of starting out. It's not that full. And I'm sure they're going to go up in price when they get more and more popular. But I really encourage people to go to Tokativity Connect. So that's Tokativity, T-O-K-E-A-T-I-V-I-T-Y.com forward slash connect. And check it out because it's a really great membership service. And of course we love the ladies yeah. from Tokativity. We've had them on the show. We've talked about their program that they have. They are all about elevating women in the cannabis space and we just love them. So I really encourage people to do this. Like I said, I'm a business member. I find a lot of value in it and I think that other businesses Absolutely. would too. So that's my spiel. Well, yeah. I mean, I can't say anything more than that because I feel the same way and I've interviewed them for, articles in the past if you want to check out my recent piece of civilized uh, it's on civilized.life and it's about whether or not this industry can be truly feminist at the first truly feminist industry and they were kind enough to let me interview them for that and they've been in the media a lot lately so I feel like their popularity is skyrocketing um <laughs> definitely definitely i think and that they were so. even in um rolling stone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rolling stone magazine yep. had them i think recently so so yeah and i mean they deserve it they are just amazing ladies and um really supportive mm-hmm. like i said and so yay for those ladies and yeah, yeah absolutely. um so to- <laughs> so what are we going to talk about so today, today um, a topic <laughs> well yeah let me think about that for a minute no I'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> like whoa 
All right. She's got baby brain. Here it comes. (laughs) So we're going to talk about how we can help bring equality to the cannabis industry because it's been, we've discussed this before, but this is going to be a deeper dive um, about whether or not this industry can really truly be different. And I think it can. That's why I try to stay, stay, you know keep chugging away <laughs> uh, you know right because just keep swimming yeah, because just i think swimming. that it can it has a lot of potential to, to truly be you know a really revolutionary um, industry in a lot of ways hopefully so let's talk about how that can happen you know what that looks like basically yeah let's so, delve into that because I, you know, cannabis isn't that good old boys right. network. Like, I mean, there people, are good you know, old boys in the network or in this industry. Like, that is a thing. And yeah, but it's everywhere. not. <laughs> it's not like um, you know, regular business. You know, investment banking things like that, where you know, really the men are in one room and the women are in another. It's it's very inclusive, which I. This is why I love this industry. Right. That's very true. And you can be like a lot of companies out there, like. Um, I know, um, for instance, Altitude Products is one that they actively seek out minorities and women to hire. And that's not to say that you dis, you know, uh, disinclude. Is that a word? <laughs> um, sure. It, it is now. That you don't include anyone. It just means that you include everyone, that you actively seek to include everyone, you know, instead right. of making this a men versus women thing, because we don't hate men. I mean, I know this is a women focused podcast, but that's not to say we hate men because we, we, we love men. Them. Right. Not all men, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, well there's no. those rare exceptions <laughs> right. rare exceptions exactly. exactly and and i'm married to one of them not to get all mushy obviously but <laughs> i'm married to one too i knew we had stuff in common i too am no i'm not married actually what am i saying <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't put a ring on it at all oh my god okay now i'm sad anyway move on <laughs> all right freudian slip there huh um yeah, right but you know it's it's i think it's easy to do just to make it a practice to actively seek out you know um minorities and women and just make it a practice that you include everyone and and treat everyone the same just treat people the way you want to be treated and it sounds a little you know cheesy but it's true i mean there's no other simpler way in my opinion to state it it's just you know actively seek out the people that you want to see in your life right. every well, day. And, and just pick the people that you really gel with because it's uh-huh. your business. So whether they're, you know, <clears throat> the white male or whether they're a minority or, you know, a young woman or just somebody starting out, I mean, pick who you think is going to do the best job and who you really gel with. And right. Right. That's always good advice. Absolutely. Wait, and at sometimes the it's good to have someone that goes against you a little bit too, because then you yeah. can kind of see a different side of things and it can help you, your team you know, as a whole better if you have someone that's a little bit well, different. Right. I mean, you, you want to pick people who have skills that you don't have because that's the whole point, right. you know, bringing people on with additional skills. But one thing I was going to say is at MJ Biz, it was really great seeing so many women there. Uh-huh. And this year there were so many more women 
women events, not women only necessarily, but women focused events. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was, that was really encouraging. And I love seeing that. And the other thing I love about that is this industry, the men are just so open for the most part. I mean, of course I'm generalizing, but every man executive or whoever that I talk to founder, they're always just like, Oh, Hey, what do you do? And Oh, wow, that's really great. And how can I help? And I just think it's, I just had such a great time at MJ Biz because of that, because of all the interactions. So, so yeah, just like you said, treat people how you want to be treated. I want to mention that there are a lot of really awesome resources that are going to be available, um, that are available now, but I think that they're really starting to shape up for the new year. And one of those things, I think we're actually going to have a guest on today, right? Amy Margolis, who is providing, right. And we'll talk about her in a minute, but um, what I'm going to talk about really quickly is this, um, the green tent it's called. And it seems, I think it's a Canadian based uh, initiative, but they believe that women are the cornerstone of the industry and they're offering a directory and a way to connect and elevate. Um, it's, I'll just read off the website. The green tent is an inclusive safe space at cannabis conferences across Canada created by and for women. Our values focus on inclusive inclusivity, professionalism and creative inspiration with a side of entrepreneurial spirit. And basically this is just another way to make it so that, Again, this isn't men versus women. This is just a way let's boost up the women in this industry because, you know, women are still making a lot less than men <laughs> in all the all right. the industries. So and then, you know, even less if you're a woman of color. And so there's a lot to be corrected there. You know, even if there are tons of great men, that's really not the point right now <laughs> in order to make this industry right different and set them apart set apart you know and actually make it a space that has equality at at the forefront we need to have equal pay (laughs) i mean come on Mm -hmm. that's something that needs to be focused on so so initiatives like the initiative (laughs) Um, my words are working so great today anyway uh, (laughs) the initiative the green tent um I, there's so there's so many tokativity elementa i mean these are spaces where it's like it's not it's not saying men are crap and let's just you know not talk about them it's just saying let's celebrate each other and let's do what we can and hold each other accountable and make this a space that's t- totally different for real you know right right and i think just naturally the plant is female it's a very nurturing thing. I, I don't know. I just feel like growers and everyone in this space almost intuitively accept women as part of it because the plant is female. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a different vibe than a normal industry. Right. You know, I just and even if you're not working in law offices, right? And right. And even if you're not a natural nurturer, it's as a, as a woman, right. it it it's we're still the ones that are relegated to the caretaker roles most of the time. And so we're the ones that try to find solutions for, you know, making our children better, making our mothers, our parents or whoever, you know, whatever family member, friend that we're taking care of. We want to change this. Well, a lot of people, right. A lot of people get into this business because they see a need or a lack and they're like, okay, well, I want to help fix this. And so, you know, it's, it's part of our 
I mean, nurturing, I guess, is kind of a strong word, but just our our desire to make right and make it easier for other people. I think that is something that you don't have to be a nurturer to necessarily seek out, you know, Um, because I kind of bristle against the whole like women are nurturers thing, I think. Oh, I am so not yeah. a nurturer. I mean, ask my son. He'll say, uh, no, no. If you're sick, you're on your own. No, I, I, I'm actually, I'm really great. I will do, 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 but I am not right. nurturing. In fact, my sister just yelled at me. She said, you're so not sympathetic. I'm like, mm. but I'll solve your problem. Isn't that better? I mean, isn't that better than me? Be like, yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah, I agree. Nurturing. So it's really just us being, you know, right. problem solvers, us going, okay, we got to get mm-hmm. out there and get it. Yeah, right? I, actually, I th- really think that's true. And I think that that's more of a trait that women possess. I'm not saying that men can't solve problems, but I think that most of them, if they didn't have a woman in their life, wouldn't actually get the thing finished. <laughs> right? Well, isn't that what they say behind every great man is yeah. a great woman? Um, you know, and so now it's going to be behind every great woman is another yeah. great woman. Yeah, that's very already saying that and like let's keep that going. I think that's right? how it should be. Right. And not even behind. I think like let's Michelle Obama moving. said something like um is next it's like next to your 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 next to right. because exactly. Yeah, we support each other and we we shouldn't like say oh you know you're behind me unless you're trying to like back up that person to support them you know well exactly I mean the only people that are behind you are the younger ones that are just coming into the space and and in you know minutes Mm -hmm. they're going to be joining you it's it's just it's just you're paving a way of course people are going to be behind you but it doesn't mean that they're lesser there just means that they're just a little bit behind as time wise but before you know it they're right up next there and I that's what I love about this too it's like we're so blessed that we get to have this show and that we have so many wonderful women on it because every time someone comes on, it's like almost Mm -hmm. like a chain, you know, you feel yourself just linking arms and we just meet some really great people. And even like our listeners and getting feedback, Mm -hmm. it's just so wonderful to hear that we actually, people are enjoying us. And, and I think that, that that's the other great thing about, you know, we're all just trying Mm -hmm. to help each other. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that part of that is, definitely holding each other accountable because I know in the new year, I don't believe in resolutions, but I think that I think some things need to happen in the new year. Yeah. Maybe we could, maybe our new year's resolution will be, we believe in resolutions. No, (laughs) I think things should just happen. Like you should change just because you want to change. And I, one of the things I need to change is that I need to promote myself better in the new year. And that's something that we all can do is like, hold each other accountable that way. Like, what can I do to help you promote yourself? What can I do? You know what? That's great advice because like you are so humble and you're such an amazing writer and I love your writing and I love your articles and, but it's so funny. You don't, I'm the same way. I don't promote myself. I don't even promote my business to my own detriment, which is awful. Right. Right. I mean, it's, but it's part of, I mean, it's part of what people I think love about us because we're so humble, <laughs> but also just because it's, it's hard. You know what? There's that fine line. Am I being a total jackhole by going, oh, it's so great. And oh, buy this, buy this. Or, you know, am I doing myself a disservice by not? And and it's a fine line. And so, yeah, promoting each other. I mean, I know you promote the heck out of me and I always appreciate it. And I try to do the same for you. And we hope that other people, you know, our guests on the show, we try to cross promote, mm-hmm. um, so it really is about just helping each other, giving your a hand. Yeah, up. because I don't have said. a lot of resources at my dispense at disposal, you know. Um, right. So the only thing I can really do 
is introduce people to each other over email or try to make this kind of an interesting episode to listen to, you know? <laughs> right. That's basically all I have right now. Um, so that's what I try to do. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying right. you have to have all these resources. You you just just use whatever you can, you know? Even if that's – you know what a huge thing I'm noticing is missing, I think, is child care at some of these events, right? Um, that, I just heard – didn't you – weren't you telling me that MJ Biz had child care? I thought they did. I wasn't there, so I can't confirm, but I heard a rumor that they did. And so huh. why don't we have that more – um, readily available yeah. because how else are you going to keep a place or, or an industry truly equal because men are taking care of their children as well i mean i think that gender right. shouldn't be an issue we should have child care let's be no, there's a lot of there's a lot of dads parents, that you know yeah there's a lot of dads that are stay-at-home dads in this in this industry not a lot but you know there are some and so we really do need to have well i mean it's just a support system right mm-hmm. you know you have kids or or even like let's say like in in your case, an event comes up and it's your time to watch the kids. It'd be just nice if you could mm-hmm. bring those kids and, and have something different going on. Also, I think it's really important for us to bring children into the space mm-hmm. in a safe way and, you know, educate them that, hey, cannabis isn't mm-hmm. bad. I mean, that's how we build this next generation of acceptance is by normalizing it completely. Mm-hmm. So it would be really great to have daycare at these um at these events i will not be volunteering for that um, just fyi yeah but i'll watch baby g but if but someone it. has experience you know some people say well what can i what can yeah, i provide exactly. well have you ever babysat before or are you really great with kids you know i mean there's there's a lot of things yeah do you love kids do you like doing mm-hmm. art with kids you know i mean i think that there's lots of opportunity and that's something that's a great thing to be able to offer to like somebody like Tokativity or uh, some of these other women-based event type places, um, Elementa, offer daycare. I know Uh that there are so many moms that would love that because there's a lot of single moms out there and they probably want to be involved. And a lot of these events are right at that time when your kids have to go to bed and you can't get away. So yeah, that's a great idea. So here's a Ruth Bader Ginsburg quote that will hopefully put this a little bit more in perspective. It says, women will only have true equality when men share with them the responsibility of bringing up the next generation. And so part of that includes daycare. (laughs) You know? There you go. Um, So this isn't just a a woman issue. Like, men, get involved. Find a way to get daycare at these events. If you want more people to go to your events, find daycare. That is it. That's a great idea. Yeah, uh, a lot of these association meetings, you know, there's no daycare. They mm-hmm. can have daycare Absolutely. there. Um, so great advice. So see, there's a there's a business yeah. idea that Diane has a uh, thrown out there for everybody. <laughs> Thank you, Diane. I want to cut. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next thing you can go ahead and oh my gosh. No, go ahead. Just keep oh, on going, just girl. Keep going, keep going. Yeah. Um, I don't keep, even know. Just keep What's so we just talked about a little bit, but support organizations that are making cannabis a more diversified industry, uh, like the Minority Cannabis Business Alliance is a good one, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, Tokativity is a good one. There are so many out there right now that it, there's no end, I think, to these organizations. If you just Google, <laughs> I think right, um, you'll find a bunch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, definitely. There's a lot out there. Okay. 
<laughs> and yeah. <laughs> and scene. Um uh-huh. so <laughs> uh the the very last thing that i think we can touch on is that um you have to stay connected to what's happening in the industry and what does that have to do with equality well here's the thing we all are super busy as entrepreneurs we have so much going on it's hard to even take five minutes to ourselves so i'm we're not saying understand what's going on with every aspect of the industry at all times but we're saying basically no there's no way you can yeah just get keep your finger on the pulse as much as possible like this mary's list that i mentioned earlier well okay i saw something on there that could have applied to someone else i knew so i forwarded it to them and said hey look at this that's something that you can do to kind of kind of create more of an equal space because you're you're just taking a minute saying look here is something that's going on right now that could help you out. And, and, you know, or here's a connection to this person who's doing this event that could really actually elevate your business, you know? And um, I think especially for these smaller businesses that are being pushed out by the bigger companies right now, it's like one of the only things that it's like they're the lifeline of their business, you know, basically is word of mouth because with all these restrictions that they have for advertising and marketing, you know, it's like, you have to, um, you have to basically just keep talking about it, you know, in in whatever way you can, if that's like retweeting or, or forwarding or or saying, Hey, look, you know, call this. Well, you can also, you can also find out about new businesses that are up and coming. Like, so Mary's list, I saw that pitch, a deck that they were the winner of that when you stay connected you can find out what's what resources are coming on mm-hmm. to the playing field that you may not have known about i mean who was saying this ashley Pichelo was saying from um she's the one that wrote breaking the grass mm-hmm. ceiling she was saying that cannabis years are like dog years mm-hmm. i mean that's how fast things go mm-hmm. and it, it's really true so just staying connected with those um industry like newsletters or just going on to um, MJ biz has their magazine. They're always doing, you know, what's the latest, greatest, but finding out, Hey, maybe there's a new minority or a women only focused group in your area. And that's the way you find out about these things is through staying connected. Or maybe there's a woman owned business that's having a hard time and you can go, Oh, I had no idea. So I'm going to help support them. And yeah, I, I think it's it's hard to do because we're all so busy. Uh-huh. But if you just take a few minutes in the morning to look at these industry updates, uh-huh. um, you can just kind of peruse them and whatever applies to you will pop and out. And I know it's time consuming. Like sometimes I have to take an hour just to reply to emails, you know, just to or just to get some of these things done, you know, just emails alone can take an hour. And that that can be a lot oh, when God. you're just like, yeah. ah, you're, yeah, you're wearing 10 different hats as an entrepreneur. Um, but it's necessary. We have to do it, you know. Um, okay, that was, get on yeah. it. <laughs> do it now. <laughs> oh my God! There she goes. There she goes. There's Diana. There's the Diana we know and love. <laughs> Are you implying that I'm bossy? What? <laughs> no. What? No. Oh my God. Okay, you're reading into everything I say now. Okay. I, I am bossy. I, I readily admit that. Well, we both are, which is amazing that we get along on this show because, um, yeah, we both have that 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 gene in our system. Your, your dog is definitely but chiming hey, in. She, I know. Re, oh, talk about bossy! This little disabled dog. She doesn't know she's disabled, and she is 
just a queen, that little thing. <laughs> but anyway, I don't want to go off topic with my, my little crazy dog here. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty good starter, right? <laughs> that's yeah, not everything. That, that gives everybody food for thought. Yeah, huh? yeah we have... That's, a, that's all we really do. It's just food for There's thought. There's more I'm sure we'll get into later. Um, oh, and I think we did talk about really quickly, Amy Margolis again. Um, check out the yes. initiative. Uh, she has the first cohort. Cohort. <laughs> she has the first cohort. Cohort coming up in 2019, <laughs> I think in January. So probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And so check that out. Um I did the interview and she's just doing great things. And then our other guest is someone you interviewed. Yes. Naomi Granger from Dope CFO. Um, she explains a little bit better how she took something that is an old profession like accounting and um, found a niche within the cannabis industry. So, yeah, it's very interesting. And it's a lesson for anybody, even if you're you have no math skills whatsoever like me. I'm the worst with math. You're right. I know. Really oh, I the hate worst. the accounting part. Uh, I, I know. know. <laughs> but anyway, she makes it interesting. She has a lot of really cool things to talk about. She has a lot of cool things. You know, she's she has a very informative uh, interview to look forward to. And my word. Yeah, I'm excited to listen to Naomi. I was, I was really curious. And then we have a great beauty segment, which I'm excited to listen to. Yes, um, because we both have eczema. Yes, we both have eczema and mine because of the winter has been just so bad and my diet, of course, too. But um, so I'm really excited to hear what she has to say. And I don't know what she's reviewing, but all I saw was eczema. And I was like, oh, my God, mm -hmm. got to hear this. <laughs> so excited for that. Yeah, same here. And um, just like any other time, we appreciate you for listening. If you're still listening at this point, um, <laughs> <laughs> please feel free to check us out on Twitter at highness podcast and on instagram at your highness podcast and please please please, and please leave us comments yeah leave us comments review us on itunes we really need some reviews on itunes yes if you don't like but we don't us, even know okay. if that's working right i, I don't we don't yeah that's yeah. true because i i yeah. tried to see uh, some people said they reviewed it and it didn't show up so i don't know what's going on with itunes but if you can just still a little you don't have to write a review. Just, just you know, re just do the little rate, rate us. You know, <laughs> yeah, rate us positively, rate us so that we can we can start getting more and more popular. No, so we can start getting we'll bigger and better people. I'm kidding, on our show thing too. to bribe people with. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's so, true. Just for time. Yeah. Until next time. Uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Next up is our segment, Beauty with Barb, featuring our resident licensed esthetician who explores all things hemp and beauty related. Hey everyone, welcome back to Beauty with Barb. Today we are talking about dermatitis, aka eczema. Eczema is an inflammation of the skin. It can be caused by many different factors, such as food, stress, weather, digestive issues, and or allergies. What our body need in this time of skin irritation are natural remedies. Keep in mind of any allergies you may have. Most importantly, when dealing with a solution to our eczema, we need oil more than water. CBD oil is a wonderful example of that. Recently, I was able to try an herbal balm by Curaleaf on myself and a few clients and notice an improvement. A few ingredients that stuck out to me were the castor oil, sweet almond, and the hemp seed oil. These are a prime example of the good fatty vehicles that our skin need and crave. 
I was a huge fan of all the ingredients, really. It's so important to steer away from beauty products with added dyes and perfumes. Tune in next time to hear more Beauty with Barb, and be sure to follow me on Instagram, at beautywthbarb. Our first guest is Naomi Granger. Naomi Granger is the co-founder of Dope CFO, which advises cannabis companies on accounting practices, how to stay compliant, how laws and regulations differ by states, and most importantly, how to avoid costly mistakes that could shut your dispensary down. Naomi recognized a void in the cannabis industry and co-founded Dope CFO to bring proper accounting and bookkeeping practices to cannabis businesses. Dope CFO provides educational tools for accountants and financial professionals who want to enter into the cannabis industry for untapped professional potential. So, Naomi, what inspired the creation of Dope CFO and what is it? Okay, so Dope CFO is actually a training company for accountants who want to get into the cannabis niche. And what inspired it was myself and my business partner, Andrew Hunzinger, we were both part of an accounting, a remote accounting firm training program, where the key concept in that training was you have to pick a niche, you have to pick a niche, you have to become an expert in a niche for your for you to take your accounting practice to the next level. But a lot of the students in this program had that was the most difficult thing for them to do they couldn't figure out a good niche a lot of the niches were saturated they didn't really know what the pains and the struggles were for the different niches and then I bounced around to a couple different niches I looked at real estate agents um, I looked at professional athletes I looked at just anybody in my neighborhood who will take me on because I needed clients I needed income and then I learned about the cannabis niche and um, Andrew had been working in the cannabis niche for over three or four years and I learned about him and I reached out to him and I said hey I want to understand a little bit more of what the pain points are how do you do accounting in cannabis and then he just kind of firehosed me we had a couple of of phone calls. He firehosed me with all this information. And then I left the call just so overwhelmed, like, oh my gosh, I can't get into this niche. It's way too complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then I just kept in touch with Andrew. And then over maybe a couple of months timeframe, he says, hey, I have this training program to teach accountants about the cannabis niche because I'm getting a lot of phone calls. And so then I said, hey, sign me up. I'll be your first student. Mm -hmm. And then it it just went from there. I, I, um, I actually didn't sign up. What we did was he says, well, can you, I'm actually pretty swamped. I got all these people calling Mm -hmm. me and I have, we have our own clients. Would you be interested in partnering and running this training program as well as um, running our clients together? And so this started last year. Uh, We officially started December of last year and it's just taken off from there. That's amazing. I love how it just works synergistically like that for you. Um, And so what do your trainings entail? I know that this is that's kind of a loaded question because there's a lot to take on, but yeah. if you give us a little yeah. idea. So the meat and potatoes of the training is like so there's a big issue with cannabis accounting. I know we're going to get into what makes it different. Um, but mm-hmm. they they file their well, they're federally illegal. So they have to follow tax code IRC 280E, which basically is one sentence in the tax code that says, if you are trafficking a controlled, a schedule one or a schedule two controlled substance, which marijuana is still schedule one, then you are still required to pay taxes. However, you cannot write off any of your operating expenses. 
And so a normal business, you know, they can write off payroll, they can write off, you know, rent, all those things easily and not have to think about it. But cannabis, they can write off cost of goods sold. And mm -hmm. so um, so we cost of goods sold is, is the, the, the most difficult portion because then you have to figure out how much does it cost to grow a plant and figure out what stages of growth it's in and figure out what your um, work in process balances are, your finished goods balances are, your raw materials mm -hmm. balance. So things like that is what gets complicated. And if you were to go to a, a, um, a farmer, um, a marijuana farmer, and ask them how much does it cost to grow a pound of pot, it'd be a difficult thing for them to answer for you because they're farmers, they're not accountants, and they shouldn't really know the answer. Um, they should rely on the accountants to help them with that. And so um, our training has detailed cost accounting uh, steps, training and guidance, um, as well as there's different costs for a farm and a dispensary. So dispensary, the cost accounting and the guidance is completely different than what you can do at a farm. So we have trainings for both of those. We have the the work, the chart of accounts that you would use in QuickBooks to do mm -hmm. the proper cost accounting. And then we also have just all the work papers and templates and procedures that we are using on our clients. Because when it comes to cannabis, there's not just a magical software or ERP system or anything like that, that will just give you your answers at the end of the month. You actually have to use a combination of uh, Excel downloads and different softwares. There's inventory software that each of the states require that these companies keep their inventory levels on. This state-run inventory software does not speak to QuickBooks, so there's no automatic transfer or feed in between the two. So you have to understand how to download that, how to reconcile those numbers, and then create your journal entry. Um, mm -hmm. And so all those little nuances you might not think about, but um, we have all of the work papers that you need in in order to do, to properly do the accounting for a cannabis company. Right. And, and I'm sure it's, it's a little different with the ancillary businesses, right? Or is it? Yeah. Right? Well, okay. So as an accountant, you are the ancillary business, but you don't, we don't do books for other, like, are you meaning like a non-touching? Right. Like oh. if for someone say, if it's a marketing agency or, you know, um, just someone that, makes a product that doesn't touch the plant, but is meant for the cannabis industry. So they're not actually dealing with the plant directly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those companies and, and um, as accountants, we're the same. So they have uh, these, the cannabis industry is opening an entirely new economy mm -hmm. and it's still in, in its infancy. So just like if you think back to when the car was first created, so, you know, you have Ford or Mercedes or whoever created the first car, you know, they're making money off of creating the car, but now you have, you need roads and you need motels on the side of roads. And now you need gas stations and mechanics and tires and all these other things um, to support that industry. That's the same thing that's happening with cannabis. So you have, you know, people think, oh, well, I have to get a dispensary or I have to sell CBD oil or I have to, you know, have a farm in order to make money. But these farms need support. They need pay. They have to pay payroll. They have to pay taxes. They need marketing. They need packaging. They need people to test. They, there's labs. There's accountants. There's there's just so much. It's opening like this huge new economy. And they say for every one dollar that's spent in the dispensary, that brings three dollars into our economy. So right now it's a 10 
$10 billion industry, and it's estimated by 20, um, 2020 to be in the 30 to $40 billion industry, which 3x that, that's how much more money um, is coming into our economy. So wow. it's really exciting to think yeah. about it. Yeah. Wow. And so how does accounting, I know we touched on it a little bit, but how does accounting in the cannabis industry differ from other industries, just as maybe as a profession, you know, whichever is easier to talk about? (laughs) Yeah. So um, it differs because the number one reason is because it's still federally illegal. Right. And so with it being federally illegal, there's a lot of things that they can and cannot do. There's a lot of things that they can't take advantage of any federal programs, any um, any grants or any of those different uh, 10, somebody was asking me about doing a 1031 exchange, which is um, if if you're in real estate, Uh you can you can sell your home and, and transfer it to a new purchase and not pay taxes. No, that's a federal program. You right. can't do that in cannabis. So a lot of the federal things they can't take advantage of. As And, and also a lot of businesses that are um, federally mandated, they, they won't mm-hmm. service them. So like banks, a lot of banks won't service cannabis. And so they're very cash heavy. Merchant service providers, a lot of merchant service providers, payroll service providers, they won't service them. So there's all the stuff that, you know, we've got all these Uh different software and the different companies that make it easy to service another industry. We don't have that ease when it comes to cannabis. So it's kind of like we're on the ground floor. We're, you know, scratching, trying to get things to to work together and get it right with the limited resources that we have. And then once it becomes federally legal, then all of that stuff will be easier. But as an accountant, um, it seems like anything financial related, they just don't want to touch it. So a lot of the bigger accounting firms, especially the big four, won't touch this industry because they can't. They're insurance policies won't allow them. So for an accountant to get into this niche, there's a huge gap between them needing qualified accountants and then Mm -hmm. there being a supply of qualified accountants actually that will actually service the niche. Uh, So there's a huge demand for good accountants in this area. Yeah, I bet. And that's that's definitely an area I feel is going to take a while to saturate in this industry. Um, I think you can see that with confidence because I think you have to be really prepared for that. I mean, that's a lot to take on. Uh, So you guys are amazing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) we actually actually did a webinar that we... Of course, we're biased, but we say cannabis is the best niche. But if you think about it, like it's um, it's not as saturated. So you you probably your local dentist probably gets calls at, at least a couple of times a week for new accountants to do their books. But the cannabis companies, they're not they're not getting mm-hmm. that. Um, so there's a huge need to service them. I bet. Um, and mm-hmm. how can an accountant from another industry transfer to this space? So the education is is most important. A lot of people are worried about not having um, any experience or background, but we're, we're at the beginning. It's okay. They're not they don't expect for you to have years and years of experience because it just became legal in a lot of states in the last year or two. And so getting 
having, um, if it's something that you want to do, then you need to really immerse yourself in the culture. Start uh, signing up for the trade publications and and reading them and listening to podcasts like this one. And then um, going out there and getting educated. We have a training program. We have the only um, training program that we know of in the nation that's actually teaching how to do cannabis accounting. And on top of us having the training program, we also have a network of over, um, right now we crossed about 125 students who are in the program and we have a group where all of this, only the students are there. So you can interact with other students who are all, and we have professions from tax professionals, um, bookkeepers to CPAs to CFOs, um, any area of expertise, you can network with those people and then bounce ideas off of them, partner with them. Like it's just a community where you can learn and grow as this industry grows. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. And it sounds really exciting too. Yeah, it is. I have so much fun doing this. I'm so glad that you invited me on your um, podcast. Well, thank you for coming on. And thank you for saying that people should listen to us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So with all that being said, uh, what is your favorite part of what you do, the work that you do every day? Okay, so my favorite part is the freedom and the flexibility that this industry have. So I work from my computer. So wherever my computer is, I can work and I really enjoy traveling. Mm -hmm. And so I get to visit friends all over the country. I get to go out of the country and visit people. And I'm, I don't have any kids, so I have that flexibility Mm -hmm. and I can just up and go. My business partner, he has three kids and a wife, but he has the flexibility to take his children to private school, which is in a town that's two hours away. And he gets to, you know, drive them there a couple of times a week. And he gets to take them to Legoland and things like that. So um, I just really enjoy the freedom and flexibility. I also really, I just really love the craft. So I've had the opportunity to visit a couple of the the cultivators, the growers, uh, my Mm -hmm. clients. And um, just to see the entire grow process and all the thought and, and labor that goes into it and, it's, and the art that goes into it. And also just to see the passion of the growers, because a lot of the people who are really good at growing, they've been doing it for a a lot of years, even before it was legal, but they're just so passionate about it. And and you can see that come out. And so I just really, I just love the whole culture of it. The people that I work with are, you're, you know, young, my age, I'm in my um, mid thirties. They're, they're young and vibrant and excited about it. And, and um, I just like talking about it. And then even just talking about it in a, a general um, circle of people, um, it surprises me when, you know, they're like, oh yeah, I smoke every single night. <laughs> I love it. And you would have never thought that person was into it, but since it's so taboo, you know, we don't really talk about it, but it's, right. it's fun. I know. It is always fun <laughs> to find out how many people are like secretly. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that is so exciting. And even though it's like my weakest subject, I think I would love to be involved in it if I had even like an inkling towards that <laughs> profession. It sounds like so much fun to get excited yeah. into something like and to be able to actually kind of revive a very old profession in a way, like and kind of come up with a new challenge. I think that that sounds like so much fun. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and that's my thing because I've been doing accounting for over 12 years now. And and while I was in public accounting, I was that one um, that was bouncing around to any industry. I just wanted to, I, it, I got bored. I get bored very easily. And so I, I would get bored and I say, okay, put me on something new. I want, I want to learn. And with the cannabis niche, this is something that I think I can stick to for a couple of years, at least. And still, I mean, there's four verticals. You have the car, farm accounting, then you have dispensary, retail accounting, then you have food manufacturers, and then you have the chemical manufacturers and the extracts and things. So there's just so much to to learn and they're still even building out the industry. So it's not even done yet. I know. And there's some, I mean, I think there's going to be even more verticals in the next few years (laughs) for sure. Because my clients, they're already having um, the uh, alcohol companies coming to them and trying to develop products so that once it becomes federally legal, they'll be the first to market, you know? So I know all about that. (laughs) Yes. So that is really exciting. Um, And so do you have anything specific to promote or call to action? Yeah. So if there are any accountants that are looking or listening to this podcast and you're interested in learning more about joining or becoming an accountant for cannabis companies, we do have a training program um, and it's just at our website, dopecfo.com. And then under the tab trainings and there might, are you able to put a link in the show notes? Yep. Yep. So under trainings, there's a a DIY trainings. Um, There's a course outline there. So I'll just give you the exact link. And then um, you can read about it and you can book a call with me and we can jump on the phone and um, I can answer any questions that you might have with getting into this niche. Nice. That's really awesome. I love it. Um, Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge today. Um, And I'd love to have you back on anytime because I know there's so much to cover and we only just barely scratched the surface today. Yeah, absolutely. This was really enjoyable. Thanks. Thank you. And where can people find you? I know you uh, will link to your website, but is there any social media handles or anything like that? Yes. Everything is at dope CFO. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So we have a Facebook group, um, dope CFO Facebook group. Anybody can join. And, um, yep, we're on Instagram and Twitter. Nice. And you have, you share a lot of really awesome articles on there. I saw that. Oh, thanks so much. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. And I'll talk to you soon. Hopefully we'll talk again sometime. Awesome. So I'm really excited to have Amy Margolis here with us today. Um, She lives in Portland, Oregon. I live in Portland, Oregon, and she has been one of my personal heroes ever since I found out about her three years ago. Amy has really shaped a lot of the positive rules and regulations here in Oregon. She's served on many advisory committees. Uh, She started the Oregon Cannabis Association, which is a wonderful association um, for the cannabis industry here in Oregon. And she's also referred constantly to as the pot power woman, um, one of the most influential women in cannabis. And I can attest to that. She has been so influential here in Oregon. And now I'm super excited because Amy's reach is going even farther. You're going to go global, right, Amy, with the initiative? Yeah, we're so excited. And it's, you know, we built the initiative really 
almost like willed it into existence. We, I, myself and the board um, and the participants who um, have stepped forward to provide support and education and mentoring, I mean, we, we really identified a, a need, I think, um, for women in this space. And as we started talking about it publicly, as we started accepting applications, as we held Hustle Hard, what we found was that we started to hear from people, not just in the United States, but really all over the United States, but also in places like Canada and um, Puerto Rico and other locations. I just had an email exchange with someone in Israel that this, the need for funding for women in cannabis, the need for business support services for women in cannabis is a global need as we're seeing this economy expand. Oh, definitely. I know from personally, from my own personal um, experiences being a businesswoman, and I think I've mentioned this to you, it's it's really intimidating. Um, you know, you're starting your new business and you have that. And then when you go to get funding or you're going in these meetings and you're trying to present your company and it's usually filled with men, it's really intimidating as a woman. And so it's really nice to have this possibility of support from the initiative. So if if someone like me wants to find support through the initiative, how does that work? So, you know, we this is this is new to us too. So, we just accepted applications pretty recently for the initiative program and we're um, just starting to finish pick finishing picking the participants and you know, we really had like a a sort of thesis for this. Um, at least for the accelerator program. And then I'll talk a little bit about like what else we're doing, but like, at least for the accelerator mm-hmm. program, we kind of had a thesis, which was like, we're, we want to prove women can get funded and be successful. What is like, at least from my experience as a lawyer and in the industry, like what is the easiest market seg- segment to like get national? And we really identified, and I think rightly so the consumer package goods, CPG market, segment, mm-hmm. which is like, something that we can do licensing agreements with. It's something we can, um, you know, transition into CBD and get them more places globally. It's um, easy to find national partners for that. And it doesn't require building out a huge grow or, you know, funding dispensary expansion, which is like very, very capital intensive. So the accelerator, Mm -hmm. we really said this is going to be very specific to consumer packaged goods and then making sure that we can help get all of those women funded at the end. So we have right. investors and investor groups that are particularly interested in that market segment. So our thesis matches their investment thesis. But we're really more than just the accelerator. We're also um, producing retreats. We just hosted Hustle Hard. Um, yeah, let's take a second. Um, I know we're going to kind of go off topic a little bit, but I want to talk about that. I was so bummed. I was in California when that was happening. And I just, I mean, it seriously broke my heart because it sounded like the most amazing event. So could you just kind of say like, kind of like the um, layout of it and what happened and uh, yeah. what kind of women came? It was, so Hustle Hard came out of this vision and and it's really Um, symbiotic with the vision of the accelerator and part of the overall initiative mission, which is that like women need not just like a place to network and not just a place to like get to know each other and support each other, even though that's crucial that women really need some like basic skill sets when it comes to running a business, raising money, 
um, you know, creating a team to like grow their company, understanding how to negotiate deals. And as somebody who has attended and participated in hundreds of cannabis conferences, it really felt, and who also has a problem sitting still, I, I'm not good at it. I really wanted to like create something that was much more um, like kinesthetic learning um, that was much more like interactive and workshop driven and fewer panels, fewer talking heads, even though that has its own value. What I really wanted was for women to come and attend this thing in a beautiful place for it to feel like a retreat because we'd never get a break um, and to like actually bring home work product, to bring home inspiration, to bring home skills that they can directly and immediately apply. And so I started by building the like the group of women and and people who were going to be the educators. And um, we just brought together what I think is like the most amazing group of educators who were also like left that event feeling inspired by the um, excitement of the female entrepreneurs who attended. So it was at Versada Ranch. It was in a beautiful place. It was, the food was great. We had yoga, we had self-care, but we really focused on like the down and dirty business of like growing your company. Is there another one in the works? Yeah, I'd like to try something. I'd like to do that every fall, but I'd also like to try something a little bit different. And um, I'd love to do something that feels a little bit more like a women's leadership event um, where we're not just focused, where it's a little bit more divided in tracks and we're not just focused on, um, you know, the down and dirty kind of business basics, but we're really building leaders as well. So like, what does it mean for women to step up and take a leadership role in this industry um, as business leaders, as nonprofit leaders, as whatever. And so I'd like to do something that's a focus on integrating those leadership skills, those like holistic leadership skills in mm -hmm. with, um, in with being able to grow and expand your business. So, um, I am working on something new. I'm, I'm percolating on exactly what it will look like. Um, I'd like for more women to be able to attend. This one was constrained. Um, mm -hmm. and I really want it to feel like we're amassing this army of female leadership. It's like the visual is important to me and the kind of meaning behind that is important. So um, right. that's what's percolating for me. Well, I think that's a that's really wonderful you're, you're doing that because I think as a woman, um, a lot of times we're people pleasers and we put ourselves last and you, we really need to step up and be comfortable with being leaders and because we're kind of paving the way for the women behind us. So we really need to start cultivating these skills now so that we can pave a really solid path for these women. That's so exciting. And so when do you think that's going to be coming around? Do you have any kind of timeline? You know, I, I do. Um, and I'd like to, so we finished the accelerator program and the end of March. So I'd like to have the women who finished that program, um, be able to come and present at that event. Mm -hmm. So my hope is sometime in April of 2019, which is actually not so far away, um, no. to be able to host that. And, and I think you like, identified something really important. And I've been thinking a lot about this word empowerment and how particular you never hear people say like, you know, it's just really important that we empower men. And 
it's like really important that we like empower our sons to be like good businessmen. Like that word empower and what it means and how it's used. And so I, I had taken these notes the other day for myself. Um, and I think we should start thinking about, and I think it's in context of this event, what's the difference between empowering women and creating powerful women? And how can we like shift that dialogue through an event like this, where we're no longer saying we're empowering women, we're giving women voices, like that's kind of like paternalistic and, and feel good to me anymore. And I, I would rather be thinking about how we are creating powerful people, how we are working to make sure that there is like actual power versus this like concept of empowerment. And to me, that's driving what this event will be. Well, I think that's, it's, that, that highlights, I mean, I'm so glad you said that because I know that that's going to touch a lot of our listeners. You know, I practice meditation and meditation kind of helps uncover who you are and helps you, you know, in life, you know, just be the person you're, you're meant to be, who you truly are, your true self. And that's kind of like what this leadership sounds like it would do. It's, it's not so much empowering someone's giving somebody something to someone they don't have. It's really helping them uncover their own power. And I think that is just so amazing and so fantastic and really looking forward to hearing more about that. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit just about, so you've got the initiative and you've got these great things happening. How, in, in what ways do you see cannabis changing the way women are going to approach funding and just business in the future in general? I, it's a great question. Um, I, we're, to me, we're on this train that's like running parallel to sort of traditional business. And so we are really, uh, as we're seeing um, things like the Me Too movement, and we're seeing all these articles about how many female CEOs there are in Fortune 500 companies, you know, that is, that's on its own track. And cannabis is like running to me as a non-traditional business or a vice business or um, a still partially gray market business is running on this parallel track. And I, and my theory is that we have a chance with cannabis if we, if we take it, and this is clearly the moment to shift the gender balance of that other track, that if we can show that women can be good leaders in this industry, if we show that women can build um, valuable companies, if we show that women use funding well, um, if we show that women can be strong and ambitious, um, just like men, that that will trickle onto the other traditional corporate track. And I, I, you know, I can only like think about the sort of world that I touch, which is cannabis, okay. but I do feel that it is, um, a catalytic moment in this space um, and that we very much have to, to, to take it. Well, definitely, definitely. And I, I mean, you, you're an attorney and so you have been around probably predominantly men in the corporate world before you got into cannabis. And I'm not sure how long ago, how long ago did you get into cannabis? Well, initially I've been a lawyer just about 17 years and uh, for a long time I represented clients who were charged with cannabis crimes. So, um, and I, so a very long time. And I mean, I really transitioned with my clients in the like 2010, 11, 12, um, when we started to see dispensaries open here, even though they weren't a hundred percent legal. Um, that's really when I started working, um, 
doing more of the corporate work, doing more of the business and regulatory work and less of the criminal defense. So a long time. Wow. Well, one thing that you've said that you've highlighted on that, that kind of sticks out to me, and you know, it's, we're talking about women in leadership's roles. We're talking about women changing the industry and how do we find women and then have really support each other in that space? I am interested in, in, so that's a great question too. So, but I, I'm, you know, when we're building out like the mentorship program for the initiative, because I think having a mentor is really important. Um, and I, I, my feeling is that um, we need to really think about um, not just having female mentors. Um, we need to not just think about having um, women supporting women. I think that some of my best mentors are men. Some of my best mentors and support system are men. Some of the people I've learned the most from are men. And so I think women should be supporting women, but like no more than I think we should be providing support for female entrepreneurs because they bring so much value. So to me, it's shifting that conversation too into how do we... um, how do we just provide a support system? You know, men have no problem. I'm actually sitting and looking at one man right now who, when I talk to him, who's the president of a big cannabis company. And when I talk to him, he will often say to me, yeah, I spoke to my mentor this morning and he suggested I do this thing. And so it's really encouraging women to find, whether they are men or women, to find real mentors who are, are saying when you approach them, are not saying, what can this do for me? They're saying, it, they're thinking, how can I help you? And so I, I'm hoping to shift that. I've often heard when I'm working with women in this space, like, well, I just want other another woman, or we should create this like insular, um, safe place. And I'm, I feel very strongly that that is like the wrong approach. I feel very strongly that we should not be looking for our mentors and our support system based on gender. We should be looking at it based on what is the strongest, most valuable support network I can build that's going to help me grow personally, that's going to help me grow corporate in my corporate world. Um, that's how I think we should be thinking about it. I know that's a little bit different than the question you asked, but I think it's really important. I know you probably have social media. You probably have a website. Can you share with our our uh, listeners, like how they can start following you and find out more about this and maybe sign up for your newsletter? Sure. So we're, um, we have two social media Instagram sites. Um, you can tell I'm old because I called them social media. <laughs> um, so we have at the commune PDX and at in the initiative. Um, and then the website is in the initiative.com and you can go and sign up for uh, our newsletter. And we also are doing, we'll do lots of and are doing lots of other smaller events. So we have an IP workshop coming, a half-day intellectual property workshop coming on um, December 12th, which will be fantastic. We'll do a meet and greet for the accelerator participants in the first of the year. And that will just be a mixer. People come and meet them. They can learn about the product. They can have a couple drinks. They can um, share some cannabis and Um, then we'll continue to do these kind of smaller events that we've been producing as well that are a little bit more specialized. So in the initiative.com, 
in the initiative for Instagram and the commune PDX are both great places to learn about what we're up to. And we didn't really talk about the commune. And so do you just want to, I know we're coming to the end of our time, but do you want to just mention what the commune is um, really quickly? So our listeners know. Yeah. So when we, you know, like I said, this program feels like it's like manifests itself out of like, we willed it to happen. <laughs> and so when I decided to do this, we, I, I felt strongly that we needed a, a place to hold the classes um, and that place needed to be um, warm and comfortable and have meeting rooms and have group classroom setting and really be a home for the accelerator and the other programming. Um, and so the very first place we looked at is this beautiful building um, in Old Town Portland, which is like still retained a lot of its character and it's really gorgeous, huge floor to ceiling windows, brick walls, raw wood floors, and um, it just so happened that the owner of the building also is a cannabis um, aficionado um, and is was very excited to have us here. And so in addition to having a great space to hold the program, um, it's also a great place to have events. It's a great place for the cannabis community to come together. And it, it's been really fantastic. So people can rent conference rooms. They can rent the space for parties. We've had seated dinners for 60. We had the Humane Society host event here. We have Nike coming. We have all sorts of um, different members of the business community coming in, both cannabis and non-cannabis. And it's really a great space uh, to come and gather. And that's really important to me of creating that sense and recreating that sense of community. It's a really nice space. I um actually was at a Tokativity event there and it is such a beautiful, I love the the raw brick and it's got these really nice, um, just very subtle looking breakout rooms. You know, it doesn't take away from the aesthetic of the general room at all. And it's got a nice little kitchen area. It's so homey. It's almost like going into someone's loft apartment in a way. So thank you. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I guess if everything fell apart, I could live here. Um, <laughs> it is, it's really, I... I feel very lucky after many, many, many years of like going to work in offices in high rises that like I get to come to this space every day um, and it gets to be home, not just for what we're doing, but for so many other people. Oh, exactly. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful space. And I hope that some of our listeners are able to come to an event there soon. Well, Amy, thank you so much for your time. I know that we've gone over and I appreciate your generosity with that. Um, but I am excited for all our listeners. We covered a lot today and a lot of great information. And I really encourage our listeners to follow you, to go to your site, to join your newsletter, because you're doing some really wonderful things for women in cannabis. And so thank you so much, Amy. Thank you. It was really fun. Anytime. Thanks for listening to Your Highness Podcast. If you would like to be featured in a future episode or would like to inquire about possible sponsorship, email yourhighnesspodcast at gmail.com. That's your highness podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at highness podcast. That's at highness podcast. Thanks again.